There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. You're listening to a Snipper Nixon production. Welcome to Are You Feeling Funny? Where top comedians talk to a Harley Street doctor about their health and well-being. I'm Alan Nixon, and in today's edition, you'll be hearing our guest comedian, Phil Wang, as you've never heard him before. And he said, do you not have dementia? Um, but this sounds like anxiety. And so I started meditating. Phil Wang will be in conversation with Harley Street specialist, Dr. Brian Kaplan, who has a passion for comedy. All comedians provide a service to people. Anyone that makes other people laugh, whether it's through a funny hat or dressing up or whatever it is, if it makes people laugh, it's having all those physiological benefits. Our guest, Phil Wang, still only in his mid-twenties, was a prize-winning comedian in his teens. Phil was a star in the Cambridge Footlights and became its president in 2012. He also completed a four-year engineering degree. Fluent in Malay and Mandarin, his stand-up style has a gentle, almost hypnotic rhythm. Now here is Dr. Brian Kaplan in conversation with Phil Wang. So let's get on to the, the way this Are You Feeling Funny works. And we start off by talking about physical health and mainly about whether you had some interaction with a carer or a doctor or a physiotherapist or any mm-hmm. physical medical experience you have, be it at a hospital, anything like that. Well, my mother's a doctor. Ah. And so I've been a patient my entire All your life. life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. I am. Um, but I grew to re- um, it resulted in I really hate the medical I hate hospitals yes I hate clinics um, I just hate it and it's, it's my, a lot of families who have medical parents they, they, their children go on to do do it as well but mm. I find I hate I remember my, some of my earliest memories are going to hospitals in Malaysia where my mother's working and smelling the the antiseptic mm and the sense of death and seeing my mother in a different way than I was used what to. What was she doing, uh, Phil? She was a dermatologist. Well, she, she'd done all sorts. I think she was a dermatologist for most of that time. Um, but she's always been a specialist. Mm-hmm. And, and she was very busy. And, to, and for a child to see their mother in like a white coat looking very tired and at the service of numerous dying people is not comforting. It's not a nice memory for me. And so it, it put me off the medical profession straight away. Although my girlfriend is now a doctor. So there's ah, you definitely... you get away from them, yes. Yes, there's definitely some Freudian implications. So instead there. of becoming a doctor, you pair up with a doctor, yeah? Well, 
I think it's it's I've learned that it's very convenient to have a doctor with you all the time. <laughs> and uh, since I've uh, you always had one, yeah. Yeah, I always had one, but I'm not living with my mother anymore, so yeah. I need to find a replacement. Yeah, there you go. What what sort of medicine is she gonna do? Um, it's most likely psychiatry, funny enough. Many, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so any other interactions? That's a good one. So that was as a bo little boy, you were in the hospital and you didn't like it one bit seeing your mother there or the whole yeah. scene, etc. Any other, ever been to hospital yourself or been yes, to a I doctor? Had, well, I had asthma when I was a child. So I had an asthma attack once I had to go to hospital for that. But I don't remember that experience. Um, the, the, the main thing you learn from being with around doctors is that you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is, it it's the opposite. It has the opposite effect of um, of uh, hypochondria. Hypochondriasis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're just taught you're fine, isn't? Because doctors know more than anyone how much people waste doctors' times with negligible complaints, and so. The healthiest thing for me is I just don't go to the hospital now. I don't bother doctors. And you don't <laughs> I'm Google know your symptoms fine. either. Go on nah. the internet and put in some things and diagnose yourself, you know. No. No. I'm, that way only madness lies. Well, there are a lot of people do it. And they come in and having spent sort of 72 hours intensively studying the one disease and then are horrified when I don't know as much about that disease than they do. I <laughs> everything possible about I did it, once right? have something that, that the doctor... And my mother also had to look up, which was a mucosil. Oh, yes. Do you know what a yeah. mucosil is? Now, where does that occur? It's a, it's, a, it's a collection of swelling, yes? It's where, a swelling. Yeah, of um, mucus, yeah. Of, yeah, but a very unique type of mucus. It's sort mm. of like mucus crossed with saliva. Yeah, I haven't seen this. Mine uh, grew, uh, I had one grow on my bottom lip. Uh -huh. It would be very, very large. And it would expand and expand and then crack open with pressure and leak this sticky fluid wow very very strong sticky fluid you could stretch it for like a meter wow interesting and yeah. that would seep out until the growth went away and then it would heal and then start to fill again uh. and so we had the, it just had this up and down it it was so large it got a name my sister named it um olga it looked like an olga you named the my sister the did yeah, Olga, yeah, yeah. very oh. aggressive, but how old were you? Feminine somewhere, summer? I suppose. Hmm? How old are you when you're talking now? This oh, that was so. 19, I think. You were 19. Okay, so, carry yeah, on. Yeah. What happened with it? Well, um, they put me under local anesthetic in my lip, which was frightening to get an injection in your lip. I guess you do it with Botox, and you so mm. for a while, I felt like I got Botox on my own lip like that, and and they just got the surgeon got a scalpel out. Just sliced his way through the bottom lip, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. put a pair of tweezers in there, and cut around some tissue. All under local anesthetic. Right? All yeah, the time, yeah. just I'm yeah, completely yeah, yeah. awake watching him do it. <laughs> and and he's, he's, I just feel him tug at something, get frustrated, and start sawing around it. <laughs> and I feel like at this point, I'm not going to have any lip left. And, he, and he's just sawing and sawing and sawing, like sucking into a dinner. And eventually, he pulls out this little pink globule, sort of pulsating and jiggling I'm in the still air. alive yeah and he put it away and he kept i think he kept it he said i'm going to keep this because it's very interesting i've never seen anything like this before so he, he might still have it in a jar somewhere well i can say that from this distance a few feet away there's no sign of olga now you know i can't they did a very good job. <laughs> good job it was in bristol hospital and he cut on the inside of the lip so so not visible any other hospital stuff or injuries or uh, i hurt my back yeah i um I hurt my back quite badly. Well, 
it seems basically fine now. I was at the gym and I bent over to pick up two heavy weights and I didn't bend my legs. And so I just, I just bent over like one of those birds that, you know, you dips it like one of those wooden bird toys that dips into mm-hmm. yeah, a glass of water, yeah, yeah. just straight from the hip pivoting. And when I pulled up, I just felt every vertebrae in my back pop out of place. Ah, ah yeah. It's, it wasn't painful, but you know, the mo- most worrying sensations are ones that are not necessarily painful, but completely new. Mm-hmm. Something you'd never mm-hmm. felt before. So I knew instantly something wasn't right. And so I did a couple of reps so I, I didn't lose face in front of the other men in there. And then I put down the weights and I went home. And the second I sat down, this terrible pain shot through my back. And I, and, um, and I was unable to lie down or sit. Um, and my back basically went into spasms. Uh, and that took a while to heal. And even recently, I, would, I think it was about a year ago, I bent over to tie my shoes. I pick, lift my leg up and the whole back spasmed up again. Mm. And do you have any treatment for this or anyone help you with it? No, I went to the gym. I've done some loosening exercises. Again, my girlfriend, my mother, you know, I said, should I go to hospital? They say, no, nah, there's no point. You just keep, they'll tell you what we tell you. Just keep moving it. Just keep it moving. No, it no you're not uh, tempted to try any alternative like osteopathy or Alexander technique just to... The gentle mm. techniques that work. What is an back. Alexander technique? Alexander technique is something that is about the way we use our bodies and the way we sit up from a chair. Oh, with the, being with a thread at the top of yes, your head. Yes, that, that uh, comes from that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way we use that. The use of the self, Alexander says. We get into habits where we use our bodies not so well. Well, my, my girlfriend's very much into yoga and she's trying to get yeah, me into yoga, which yeah. I suppose would be, would be very good for me. You're listening to Are You Feeling Funny? I'm Luke Nixon. We love making the show, so if you love it too, please comment, rate, or subscribe on your podcast provider. Just sharing a link goes a long way. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Let's go on to mind. you ever had any stuff with mind, workshops, therapy, counseling? Yeah, I... Was it two years ago? I became convinced I was... Um, I was suffering from early onset dementia mm-hmm. because I'd, 
I just I just forget everything. My my short term memory completely went. I couldn't remember anything, and so I went to a, my GP who said you don't have dementia, and which reminded me of my old lesson: don't bother doctors. Um, <laughs> he said you don't have dementia, um, but this sounds like anxiety, and so I started meditating. Uh, I think a lot of which helps that meditating really helps because I think something that is very prevalent in my generation of young people is um, because we are so adept at um, technology. This is certainly the case for me. I'm become very good at organizing my life through my phone and my laptop. And so my my mind is um, uploaded um, part of his consciousness to the computer and to the internet mm-hmm. and so I couldn't tell you what I did yesterday I can't tell you what I'm doing tomorrow but, but I, I I never miss anything because it's all on my iCal but so, alone uh, I couldn't tell you and so I think that and I realized suddenly that I couldn't remember things anymore and it wasn't so much that I was losing my mind it's just that I'd pl- I, I'd given that responsibility mm, delegated to it to the technology yeah. memory to the technology and yeah. I realized I could no longer remember things myself anymore so you must have been quite funny when you thought he, I've got dementia at your age. It's not heard of, I don't think, in the annals of medicine. It's very, very rare. <laughs> yeah. Va- vanishingly rare, to use the phrase my mother But you me. say anxiety, but I, I've noticed, you know, the one thing I notice about my generation and your generation, that my generation at university and everything was quite outraged and rebellious, but there's a sort of more laid-back feeling in your generation. And I think you epitomize that on stage you look very relaxed as if you're just chatting in a in a normal way you don't look anxious oh really yeah well i i don't wear my anxiety yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm a duck you know it's all under the water oh, it's flapping furiously under the water yeah, but when you're on stage you feel that or just uh no on preparation stage is, you I'm are relaxed most on relaxed on stage i'm more relaxed on stage than i am yeah that's com- the impression i get i can't i would find it difficult to believe that what i saw of you on stage to believe that you're underneath that anxious at the time you you look what you see is what you get i think when you're on yeah stage. You i think that's relaxed. why I, that's why uh, why i found addictive about it is for that 15 20 minutes i'm actually very relaxed because i'm in control and um i i i, I always had a, i've always had quite bad social anxiety and especially hated the feeling of being uh ignored mm. Or, and I've, I've always been very terrified of the suspicion that I'm boring people. And so when I'm on stage and people have to listen to me by a rule, yeah. if they interrupt me, they will get ejected physically. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a, I guess it's a simulation of my ideal social interaction. Do you ever have a nasty ex- a heckling experience? Yeah, from oh, time yeah, to time. Okay. It's yeah. okay, though. You've I've learned to deal with them, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, um, that's been very exciting. See you, um, the relaxed, the relaxed persona that you present on stage, it, it, it extends it even to situations where other people might feel that they're treading on difficult ground, issues of race, mm. diversity, sex. You seem to be very calm. You know, it's as if, like, as if you were talking about anything else. Oh, do you I think? like that very much. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, with race, I I get a pass because I am uh, racially different from the norm here. And mm-hmm. so that gives you license to speak a little more freely about race. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But but your, your audience will always mirror your mood. 
Mm-hmm. So if you're a manic comedian, you'll make the audience manic. If you're nervous, you'll make the audience nervous. So if you're calm, you'll make the audience calm, and that makes your whole job easier. But they laugh and are in a calm, relaxed state at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Well, laugh, laughter is, um, is kind of the most... Well, I was going to say laughter is the most relaxed state you can be, but there, people laugh nervously as well. Well, it's the belly laugh that, that creates... the If you measure muscular tension, which you can do with an electromyogram, it is a belly laugh that causes more relaxation, tremendous relaxation. So you can actually measure tension in muscles, but it's only that belly laugh where the whole body and is, that is con- shaking with laughter. Is that That's really good for you. There's a contraction of the abdominal muscles. Yeah, it releases them, you know, so they oh, sort of release at the opposite of contraction, release. Oh. It's a real release um, laughter. And that's what, when I get someone, and when I'm talking to someone about something difficult, and then I can make them laugh about it, and their body releases, but deep inside, they're also facing that difficult issue. That's, that's yes. the work that I do. So, But you're making people laugh. If you're making people have belly laughs and release in that way, I do believe it's a type of healing. And that's why I'm talking to comedians on this. Oh, you're feeling funny. Mm, mm. Yes, it definitely helped me. So maybe you're continuing the tradition of your... Oh, in a way, my mother, yeah, I've never yeah. seen it that way. Do you think it's been good for you psychologically? That's what I'm hearing. It's been good for you in your psychological journey in life to do comedy. It's been good for you. Oh, absolutely. It saved my wonderful, life. Huh? I think it absolutely oh. saved my life. But yeah, Isn't I'd be wonderful? a very different person now. You're listening to Are You Feeling Funny? I'm Olivia Nixon. We love making this show. So if you love it too, please comment, rate or subscribe on your podcast provider. Just sharing a link goes a long way. Okay, so... What about spirituality? So I'll ask you the first question that I ask every comedian. Are you feeling funny? Do you believe in God? Uh, no, insofar as I'm not sure there is no God, but there is no reason to believe that there is a God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I... So do you have... I, I, did, I, did, I did used to believe in God when I was a child. Yes. Um, my father is from Malaysian Chinese, and um, he was brought up Buddhist, but was converted by... Um, I think English, yeah, English missionaries who went to Borneo. Uh, Borneo, yeah. Yeah, so that's where I grew up. You grew up in Borneo? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah amazing. Uh, what was North, British North Borneo. Borneo, okay. Uh, and so my father's converted. He became a Christian along with all his brothers, but one who remained Buddhist. Uh, and, and as with... And my mother was also a Christian, brought up Christian, Catholic... Irish back, I mean, essentially from an Irish background, mm-hmm. and so we we went to church for a bit. My parents never completely committed to it. I almost got confirmed, almost confirmed, almost got confirmed. <laughs> almost a Christian, yeah, yeah, very close. But they couldn't make the ceremony, so we thought, oh, I don't bother. I then just never got around to doing it, which is I I I'm now quite pr- I'm grateful for. Um, but my, but the the. the Recently converted communities tend to have a stronger um, inclination to uh, evangelism. Ah, yes. And and that's kind of the case with Christians in um, Malaysia, especially Chinese Christians can go a bit mad with it. And that, uh, that really put me off. And then ended uh, and have been off it since. Talking about Chinese Christians, isn't it interesting that there are more Catholics in China than there are in the Rep- in the Irish Republic? More Christians in oh, China. Oh, that, that's yeah. not surprising. It's just the numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
it's um it's a great victory for the Catholic Church. <laughs> it's a victory, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, and that's. Uh, you've also been um, in Japan. You've worked there. Yeah. You've oh yes. Done it, yeah. Well, yeah. How was that? I've just come back from there. So oh really? I loved it there. Yeah. Oh, yeah it was incredible. I'm going yeah. back with. I'm taking my girlfriend back there for New Year's. I'm going to spend a couple of um, weeks there. Go to their New Year Day prayers. It's, it's quite a spiritual. And that's thing. a normal. They use our New Year's Day. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 I'm not. I don't know for how long that has been the case. Mm. Because I would have thought they they traditionally would have a different calendar, mm. especially as isolationist uh, history as they've had. But um, I, I've not researched that. Um, yeah, but I find it very spirit. I say spiritual in the most basic Instagram meaning of the word. I, I don't. It's it, it's yeah. You know, it's spiritual in that is out of body because it's so unfamiliar. The, Japan as a place and the way people um, approach duty. And um, community is very unique, and t- I, 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 I teared up in Japan. The most emotional experience I had in Japan was at the train station. Um, I was traveling on my own, and I was waiting for the train to come in. And there was a conductor on the platform, and you know, in Japan, everyone does a job with such pristine, unbelievable, yeah, precision. Doesn't matter what it is, porter, yeah. anything, yeah. Yeah, I saw people sweeping the streets with mm. pride. Mm. And this conductor had his, these perfect white gloves on and he had his handkerchief and he had a watch. And we were looking at his watch and timing the departure of the train perfectly. And then he'd wave. He had this really proud um, um, posture. And he, and he waited for the time for the train to leave and took up his handkerchief and he gave it a wave and went off and I just started crying. I don't know why it was mm. about that. Yeah, that's very powerful. It was the um, it was the pride and the precision. Maybe the, the idea of bringing dignity to a simple yes. task. You know, that, that's what I felt there. You know, there was this girl that was at the hotel that was I was lecturing there and there was girl the hotel the porter and she was wearing a top hat and she was immaculately dressed and she opened the doors of the car so nicely it gave me the impression of a society working really hard for each other in a way no matter what you do you work hard in japan yes you work hard for the sake of it yeah i think and some of them do yeah they can't i read um before i went that they don't that they find some people have get very anxious on public holidays there because they don't understand what they're meant to be doing. They feel better if they're working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although um, when you the more, it was actually very revealing talking to people who had lived there and actual Japanese people who had kind of started to see through the matrix, as it were, of Japanese society. Um, things like you know Japanese technological superiority is a myth. Mm-hmm. They're actually very bad with computers. Mm-hmm. They're very good at processes and systems and design. Mm-hmm. But the computers themselves are actually quite lo-fi. Mm. Um, they're not very good at at run at working with... The average Japanese person is not actually very good at working with a computer. Uh-huh. But their systems are so beautifully designed and so um, correctly executed that to a foreigner, everything seems mm-hmm. perfect. And the culture of hard work, people never leaving the office, people sleeping in the mm-hmm. office, is actually more to do with how inefficient they are in yeah. their office hours and yeah. becomes a source of pride not to do work well but to stay longer hours yeah absolutely and so people actually do less work over more longer yes, period of time because that, that's become the priority now is to see is to be seen as spending time to be seen to be working yes hard. but not actually doing anything <laughs> and so it's all it's all a bit of a fallacy but it's still it's still a very powerful charade everyone is playing yeah they're spiritual 
one of their problems is not only spiritual, is that they might run out of people there. People aren't having babies. It's yeah, the only country a, in the world that's a got a population crisis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're a fundamentally racist society, so they don't accept foreigners in. They don't accept immigration. Yeah, 90, but they're also not having sex enough. So, yeah. so well, how, yeah, what's going to happen people. to them? Yeah, 90, you absolutely, well, they are certainly one of the most homogenous societies. 98.4% of Japanese are. Japanese origin, mm. and of the 1.6 left, 70% of that 1.6 are, are Korean. So yes. it doesn't leave much space for Caucasians or people from Africa no. or anywhere else. You know? But those Japanese are not even the original indigenous Japanese They're people. They're not. Huh? No, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a race of actual indigenous Japanese people, and they're much darker skinned. Yes, and I saw that at the Tokyo Museum, a picture of those people. More hairy. And yes. The, yeah, those hairy, people. Yes. What did they put in there? But I can't remember what it was. And yeah. they've been completely... They're almost the, um, the aboriginals of Japan. They are of, the original uh, Japan. ones, yeah. Because uh, Jap- what we now consider Japanese are actually um, genetically identi- identical to Koreans. Ah, they look the same as well. Yeah, they're genetically say, identical. The they're actually oh, the same. I see. So there's a, oh, even though they're, they're, sworn, they're sworn rivals, they're actually exactly they're the same. The sound genetic. of the language is different, but the, yeah. the, the look, the genetic, uh, the genome is the same. The same yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Okay, so let's talk about spiritual. When we talk about spiritual things, you mentioned meditation. Now that's in, can you tell us how you got into it and what Well, role it like plays a classic millennial through an app. Yeah, but, through an app. Yes, yes. yes. But it's. It's been absolutely, it's been brilliant. It's been really, really good. Is it Headspace or another yeah, one? Headspace. One. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't fall for this assumption that because something is a new... Te- I'm an engineer by training, so I, I don't fall for the fallacy that technology cheapens anything. Uh, and it's, it's in effect the same thing. It's a person talking you through meditation exercises because just because they're not in there and the room doesn't take away from it. Yeah, yeah. And so that's been really great because I'm not a very present person. I think that's what dreamy stand-up is. It forces you to be present, and you have to work with the situation at hand. Mm. But I'm, not, I'm a planner, and I'm a regretter. And both of those mindsets exist in the future and the past, respectively. And so I've never really been good at being in the moment. But Except on stage. Then you in the yeah. present. Oh, and when I'm meditating. Yeah, meditation. It's interesting that that guy who started Headspace, I think, trained to be a Buddhist monk yeah that guy who did it yeah and then he came back from the monastery and i think he did and then he came back and he he created this headspace i'm not sure how his newfound wealth chimes with the buddhist principles of of uh (laughs) having a way with possession yeah but (laughs) yeah so in that way he's a very bad buddhist monk yeah i think he retired as a buddhist monk and came to do this what has he done very well out of this oh he's a multimillionaire now oh is he oh yeah oh yeah yeah so do you sit down twice a day or once a day or do once you have a regular day. once a day? I was reading... Um, and I meditate myself to sleep. There's a very good brilliant. exercise on there that... Um, For sleep, yeah. That relaxes your body and you can... I, I actually feel... You actually, well, I actually feel my body sink into the uh, mattress and that really helps. Because yeah, so I've, I've always been a very bad sleeper. I t- it takes me very, very long to fall asleep. But now this helps. This it does help, yeah. Yeah, I was reading a book by the director David Lynch... Hmm. Um, you know, Blue Velvet, and Wild at Heart, etc. And he, um, it's called Catching the Fish, I think. And he describes that he has learned transcendental meditation 34 years ago. And he's meditated twice a day and he hasn't missed one session in 34 years. Really? And he said it's been key to his creativity and everything. Not that he gets the ideas during meditation. The meditation is just quiet. 
that allows him when he comes out of meditation to be very creative. Yes, he, that's he what he wouldn't it is. miss it. 34 years twice a day, not one session missed. Yeah. I mean, I had a, a a problem recently that I couldn't really figure out and I sat down and meditated and the idea the the solution just came to me. It it it, it it's cuz it's always when you're trying to remember something that you can't remember it. And once you stop trying to remember it, it comes to mind. So you said something what, interesting. Uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't get all the benefit from someone it just because if it's coming through an electronic yeah. uh, format or an app. Or was that your field? Was it electrical engineering, or you were? I well, at Cambridge, you do the first two years. Everyone does everything, so everything, you get you yes. get um, a feel for every element of it, and then you specialize. I did a lot. I did. I have a mechanical degree, but even within that, there's a lot of. Um, variety. So I did a lot of what's called control systems engineering, mm-hmm. which is to do with um, designing systems that can change to um, different steady states. So a good example is a thermostat. So when you want your room to be 22 degrees Celsius instead of 20, you turn it up and the control engineer has designed the system that gets you to that new state as quickly and smoothly as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's control engineering. Mm. And the principles of control engineering I found to be very helpful, in, um, especially in understanding all kinds of systems. Because systems, the world is just a system of smaller systems. Society is a system with smaller systems within it. And so I learned to see things a little more that way. Um, and I can I can watch changes in social trends in the same way I'd watch the change of one voltage to another you can you can see the same overshoots and dampening periods and so when people talk about something like political correctness gone mad mm. to me that's just that's just the overshoot mm. and i know that the overshoot comes down eventually comes back to <laughs> yeah. the norm yeah yeah so or to a new steady state new steady state yeah. yeah well thank you so much for joining us on are you feeling funny phil wang thank you thank you brian You've been listening to Are You Feeling Funny, a Snipper Nixon production. In this edition, Dr. Brian Kaplan has been talking to comedian Phil Wang. If you've enjoyed this episode, please comment, rate or subscribe on your podcast provider. Just sharing a link goes a long way. Are You Feeling Funny featured Dr. Brian Kaplan. The comedy consultant was Arnold Brown. Music and sound by Alex Hollingsworth. The producers were Olivia and Luke Nixon. And this was a Snipper Nixon production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.